news from University of Illinois Extension. Welcome, everyone. Um, my name is Kamaya Walls-Bichard, and today we have a follow-up episode to one that we did earlier this year. So in January, Seisha, Kathy, and I looked a little bit closely at mindfulness practices when it comes to, you know, learning how to manage your money. So we we dive a little bit deep into some of the, you know, emerging research and some that has existed before on how can we as financial educators incorporate mindfulness techniques into like money management practice. So into, you know, the classes that we teach um, into the kind of community um, outreach work that we do. And so today for our follow-up, I have a wonderful guest, Ms. Carla Belser. Carla is a family life educator with University of Illinois Extension. She is now also an acting county director for one of our extension units. Carla has worked um, like 20 plus years in the health and um, service field, and she has a bachelor's in recreation administration and a master's in therapeutic recreation. She also has like multiple certifications and training. And this include, of course, serving as a mindful school educator. And she has participated in our All My Money financial curriculum. Um, and if you've been um, listening to us for a while, you know, we talk about our All My Money curriculum, um, which is kind of like a train the trainer approach to understand how to teach like uh, financial education topics. And so both of us serve as educator with University of Illinois Extension. But of course, we have different specializations. So welcome, Carla. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on this episode. Yes, it's so wonderful. So, you know, today we're going to talk a little bit more about um, just like stress, mindfulness techniques, and how we can incorporate that, of course, into like financial education. But just for like our listeners, if you haven't listened to like our January episode, just a quick recap of what Kathy Sasha and I covered then. So in January, we had a great discussion on the growing interest of incorporating mindfulness techniques into financial education. And so during that episode, we tried to define mindfulness, right? And Carla is going to tell you there are lots yes. of different definitions, mm-hmm. lots of different definitions for mindfulness. So we, we tried to tackle that a little. And we also looked on just like attitudes towards money and how people think about money and, you know, ways that um, we can incorporate different things to reduce anxiety and stress around money. We looked at practices um, that kind of leads to a shift in our thinking and how we think about money management. And part of that with like incorporating like the mindfulness practice piece. So looking at things like self-regulation, looking at, you know, you know, what are our values and how do our values influence how we think about money? So how we spend money, how we save, um, lots of different things when it comes to that. So um, we had a great discussion in January. So please go back and listen to that January 2020, 2021 um, episode on mindfulness and money. So Carla, tell us a little bit, um, just a little bit more about your background and your relationship with mindfulness. I know that you have been studying mindfulness and writing about it for a while. So if you don't mind, tell us like, you know, for somebody who is just at the beginning stage, they might have heard the term before, uh, but they're not fully aware of what the term actually means. So if you want to tell us a little bit about you sure. know, how you think about mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, whenever I talk about mindfulness, I'm always quick to tell people and, and just share my personal experience. First and foremost, mm-hmm. I did not buy into mindfulness. Back mm-hmm. in the day, you mentioned I, I worked in healthcare and I would do groups with people and especially, you know, in mental health settings and, and we would talk about things like progressive relaxation and I'd be like, oh, this doesn't work for anyone. And little did I know, Mm -hmm. you know, I always think about myself as a young professional and, and how I was really missing out on a lot of the benefits that mindfulness can provide. So I always like to start with that. Mindfulness really is about kind of finding your own technique and practice and path that works for you because mm-hmm. it's not one size fits, fits all. Right. So for people who are new to the concept, I, I really think it, you know, has, we have a great kind of real life example. So and Kamaya, maybe this has even happened to you. You know, maybe you were driving home, you know, from the office or from a store or from somewhere in the community and you get all the way home into your driveway or to your garage or your parking spot. And you realize, 
I don't know how I got here. Has that ever yes. happened to you, Kamaya? Yes. <laughs> it's a little scary, right? It is. Yeah. When you think about I'm driving a vehicle mm-hmm. and I have no recollection mm-hmm. of like the cars or the streets or anything. And a lot of times that's because we're so distracted. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're lost in thought. We might be lost, you know, in in whatever's going on in our lives, thinking about what we're doing later or what happened earlier in the day that we're just not paying fully attention to the present moment. So that's probably the best real life example I can right. think of of not being <laughs> present, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, a lot of people have that experience. Uh, and we know that distraction is becoming more and more commonplace, you know, in our crazy busy world. Um, and especially when you think about all the forms of technology we have at our finger tri- fingertips, can be really difficult for us to be in the present moment. Right. So when we think about mindfulness, it really is training ourselves to pay attention to the present moment. And the great thing is, is that can really be applied to just about anything that we do in life. So there's hope, right? Mm-hmm. That if we learn this skill, Lots of it can be, there. yeah, it could be super transferable and it can benefit us in so many different areas mm-hmm. for sure. And, you know, I think about, as you're saying that too, I think about even when people explore like dimensions of wellness, and this has become very popular over the years. So for example, like working on your emotional wellness your finances, um, your spirituality. So other things, your cultural awareness, like different things that you're working on, how being present, um, how, you know, being in the moment, paying attention to what's going on there and then how that can help with like how you are dealing and coping with the present situation that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we think of mindfulness too, I mean, there's so many different ways to practice it and we can, we can go down that path in a little bit. But, you know, it's not only about being checking in with like your physical body, but like you said, your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And even just noticing the environment around you and tuning into those things. And I I really like to think of mindfulness is we're really training our brains. We're training this this mindfulness skill in our brains. Nobody starts out automatically good at it, Mm -hmm. but with practice and awareness of trying to be more mindful, we can certainly build that capacity. So it just becomes our natural response in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other ways I, I kind of like to explain this to people is, um, and again, maybe this has happened to you, Kamaya. I know this has <laughs> happened to me. Um, maybe even yet this week it's mm-hmm. happened. Uh, you know, it's been a super long day. I'm sure like the second my head hits the pillow, it's going to be lights out. But what happens? Not at all. Right. What happens? That's not what, that's not what happens. <laughs> right. Start racing places. Right. <laughs> Our minds, they start mm-hmm. cycling around and circling around and thinking about all the things we have to do or everything that we did in that day. Or, you know, I like to replay conversations in my mind and think, oh, I should have <laughs> said that. And next time I'm going to do this. Right. We, our brains, our minds like to live in this like cycle of projection and rumination. So projection is thinking about all the things that we have to do. Rumination is thinking about all the things that already did happen Mm -hmm. and it can be a vicious cycle. And then we start doing that midnight math. I like to call it. If I fall asleep right now, I'm going to get four hours of sleep. If I fall asleep right now, I'm going to get three and a half hours of sleep. And what's happening there is our minds are just kind of caught up in this cycle of thought. Mm -hmm. And if we can develop this skill to be aware of that, we can, we can stop those thoughts and in general, our overall well-being will benefit because we can get better sleep and we can let go of some of those anxieties and worries. So those are situations that that definitely developing a skill for mindfulness can help. Right. And, you know, as you're like talking about that as well, too, I know that so many of us kind of suffer from that. And when it comes to like money, that is a very intense worry that we play over in our heads, like when we should be resting, like what's going on, you know, how am I going to take care of this this week or this month? Mm-hmm. Um, like the stress and anxiety that's associated with that. So this mm-hmm. leads me into something else that I want to talk to talk about. And that just focus a little bit more on, you know, like just regular stress versus ongoing stress. And I think a lot of times when we talk about stress, you know, people generally go to kind of like that negative association of, okay, you know, like it's, it's all the stuff that's coming down on me right now, but, you know, lots of researchers, um, healthcare professionals 
have tried their best to, to explain kind of like the difference between, you know, what was like everyday stressors that we face um, that we cope with, that we adapt to versus ongoing chronic stress that can, can affect us. So mm-hmm. just wanted to quickly highlight a couple of things. Um, and one from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, it focused on when it talks about stress, it says stress is kind of like a natural response to a perceived challenge Absolutely. or threat, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to excessive or chronic stress, um, you know, sometimes we don't have like an opportunity to have like release from like the negative effects of that. And so with like those ongoing chronic stress, it can cause like um, strains on our bodies and it can mm-hmm. also lead to like maladaptive coping techniques. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to quickly clarify that as we're talking a little bit more about like stress and how we um, might incorporate mindfulness in the way how we teach money management. So we also know that when it comes to like managing money, (laughs) um, lots of great research have come out of this over the years, you know, like during times of hardship, how Mm -hmm. like stress level increase um, within us. And also to when we look at families, when we look at households, when we look at couples, um, one article, um, Love and Money, Reducing Stress and Improving Couple Happiness. This is um, by Britt Lothar. I think I'm saying her name okay, but I don't think I am. <laughs> um, but yes, I her she and art she and colleagues had an article that came out in 2019, and it focused on how financial stress, communication, and like frequent money disagreements can contribute to like reducing um, relationship satisfaction. So you know, some research have been out there about there's the relationship between stress relating to money and how that affects our interpersonal relationships and sure. also like our overall well-being. So yeah. yes, yes. And I'm sure it's, I know Carla has lots of great background with like, um, you know, trauma-informed practices, you know, dealing with stress. So I'm just going to let you rip at this for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I think of financial stress, you know, the first thing comes to mind is when that bill comes in, right. And how am I going to cover that? Or even if we have to sit down every month and talk about our budget or, Mm -hmm. you know, we have that unexpected emergency and how are we going to, you know, you know, make our ends meet for the month. And that stress can really take its toll, like you said, on our bodies, on our relationships, on how we parent, um, even just our attentiveness, you know, to our own children, to our own Mm -hmm. lives. Um, When we are stressed, no matter what the stressor is, there is a hormone uh, that's produced. It's called cortisol. And cortisol makes us perform, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, you know, if you were invited to do, um, you know, a a public speaking event, you might get a little bit stressed. Or say you were, (laughs) say you were a guest on a podcast, you might be a little bit, you might be a little stressed, right? A little bit. Maybe, maybe you'll get some sweaty (laughs) palms and your heart starts to race. That's cortisol flowing through your body, helping you to perform. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a completely natural reaction. However, when we have this large ongoing doses of cortisol in our body, um, it can cause some some pretty disruptive concerns uh, for our brain and our physical well-being. Um, you know, we focus a lot on, on physical health. So things like, mm-hmm. you know, increasing our weight and, and increasing our blood pressure and, and it puts us at an increased risk for heart disease, but it can also increase our risk for depression and mental illness. Right. So when we think about using mindfulness as a tool to help manage stress, especially financial stress. Um, we can really see it as a very effective tool in our toolbox that can help us cope. It can be a great skill where we can learn how to manage that stress. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to make that unexpected bill go away, or it's not going to wave the magic wand and help us, you know, um, budget well, but it can help our response. And really, I really, what I kind of want people to know or think about this is when we respond mindfully We are making a choice to respond rather than to react. Okay. And I find that so empowering. Mm -hmm. You know, we have control over this. We just don't have to react however our emotions dictate with to whatever stressor is. Um, We can choose to make a mindful response. And we do that by checking in with ourselves, checking in in our environment, um, see, you know, checking in, see what our body is doing. Is mm-hmm. our heart racing? Has our breathing rate changed? You know, 
doing a, a quick muscle scan. Do we have tightness or are we holding tension somewhere? We can check in with um, our emotional state. You know, am I feeling worried? Am I feeling some anxiety? Am I feeling calm and at peace? Um, all of those things are great tools that almost puts like an interrupter into mm-hmm. that stress cycle. And it says, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to pause for a second. We're going to take all this in all this information. We're going to come to a spot where we can respond with thought rather than just be emotionally driven. So right. it's so powerful once it you is. really start thinking about it. And when I think about like you use a, a really great word there, like with the control piece, when it feels like um, there's so much coming in at you and it just feels like things are out of control, but like trying to incorporate like these techniques that could help with having some level of control, how amazing that feeling is um, to just not feeling like everything is crashing down at you at once. Right. It really is giving us time and space to replace those impulsive reactions with thoughtful responses. And this works not only in crisis or financial Mm -hmm. crisis, but it also works when we're wanting to be impulsive with our finances, (laughs) right? Yes. I have zero experience with that, she says sarcastically. Um, right. You know, again, it gives us that pause where we can think about what are we really doing? What is my emotion going on? What's going on around me and be very intentional about the use of our resources, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, is pretty mind blowing once, once people start thinking, really thinking deeply about it. Right. And I love that you just mentioned that because, uh, my, co- my, my colleague, Kathy and I, of course, is a regular voice on here. Um, we've been talking about, you know, what work do we already do that we can try to improve on to, to incorporate more mindfulness strategies in what we already do. And so some of the things that we've covered include like ways to combat like impulsive spending. So that's mm-hmm. spontaneous spending that um, Carla just mentioned, you know, asking if this is something that you need at the time. Going back to thinking about like your values, we do a lot of activities that ask people you know, what are my values? What are the things that matter to me? And how do my values um, impact the way I spend? How do my values dictate the type of goals that I set for myself, the type of financial goals that I set for myself? So a big thing with us with like trying to see like what we already do and where there are gaps or areas that we can continue to improve on um, Mm -hmm. to make sure that the work that we're doing, we are asking people to do a little bit of um, Mm self-reflection and, you know, like the outcomes for that. uh, I know um, from some research that it's it's a lot better than, you know, just saying, okay, here's financial education. This is what you need to know. Take this and do as you please. Right. When we're connecting to the person, when, when we're trying to understand the person and trying to, you know, add methods that are going to makes sense for them. That's going mm-hmm. to, to be meaningful to their experiences. How great that is to, to have like really good positive outcomes for their financial or their money management strategies. Yeah. And, you know, going right along with that, I mean, so when we think about being mindful with our finances, certainly there's pre-work that can be done, mm-hmm. right? So th- the things that you just mentioned, and in the cases of like that impulse shopping, you know, you're in a store and you see something, that you really got to have, I mean, maybe doing a little emotional check-in, right, Mm -hmm. is good in that moment. So I know that I used to be, and I say used to be because I'm recovering from this, (laughs) I used to be an emotional shopper. You know, I was having a bad day. I would head to the store and I justified it. I said, you know what, this will make you feel better. You know, you're going to, this is going to pull you out of that emotional, you know, tailspin that you're in and just go for it, right? So I would Mm -hmm. justify it to no end. When really with a little bit of mindfulness, what I should have done was connected to my experience and said, hmm, having a kind of bad day, might be a little upset about something. What are my choices here? How should I proceed mindfully, right? And instead of going and spending extra money, maybe that I didn't have that eventually will cause me more stress, maybe I could think of some better options, you know, to deal with my emotions, to manage my emotions in that day. And again, that's so empowering, right? Mm -hmm. We don't don't just have to be at the whim of our emotions. We have some control, some insight, some awareness of what's going on. So then again, we can 
respond thoughtfully instead of mm-hmm. reacting impulsively. And I, I just personally, I have really started doing that more with my shopping and my emotional states. And I have been able to save money and not, you know, experience that buyer's remorse, right? It, you know, everything feels <laughs> good when, that feeling. you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're wanting to um, make yourself feel better. So uh, it really, again, it's just a super powerful tool. Yeah, very, very true. And, you know, something else you said to make me think of other activities that I know, like for our team, and I believe you've participated in this one before too, Carla, when we focus on like, kind of who am I with money? So understanding a little bit more about like your money personality, how, um, you know, your spending um, is tied to, again, your values or other things like that. So just understand a little bit more about your money personality to know that, okay, if I'm having a bad day, I may want to spend. So hmm, right. what's an alternative thing that I could right. do today? Maybe yes. the park, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for us, like I said, we we really, for me and the team, of course, really want to incorporate mindfulness more into our work and to build on, I know, what we have, like some of those existing things. And so um, this is is great. So moving along, you know, you know, you talked so much, or you gave us so much great information already, but we're going to ask her for a little bit more. <laughs> so when you teach mindfulness, you know, what are some of the primary aspects that you, you focus on? Um, when you when you're trying to get people to engage, and I know when it comes to you know having like concrete, solid techniques, just like you said in the beginning, you know you were a little bit hesitant and questioning mm-hmm. this, and I know for a lot of people that's the same. And when it comes on to money, like people want like really you know um, well defined strategies that they're like this is going to work for me. So when it comes to techniques like you were focusing inwards, you're focusing on you. Um, and your response to to how you're managing money. And I think a lot of people might question some of it, of course. So mm-hmm. yeah, so tell me some of the assets that you focus on, um, you know. Yeah, sure, yeah. So at, when, when I first started talking about mindfulness, I think it's super important just to build that base. So the foundation of what exactly it, it mm-hmm. is it. And it is paying attention on purpose. There's so many definitions. I can read you the formal definition. We're just gonna forget all that. When we think about mindfulness, it is about paying attention, plain and simple, right? Mm -hmm. There's another little piece of that definition, though, that I want to include. It's paying attention without judgment, right? And that can be kind of difficult when we think about our everyday life, Mm -hmm. right? Paying attention to what our experience is just as it is, not overthinking it, not ascribing judgment to it, not feeling bad for having that experience or good. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. That's a simple way of explaining it. Then we really focus on the benefits, right? Because we really want people to know what they're going to get out of it. And there's so many research-based benefits of mindfulness. A lot of people are kind of surprised. They think, oh, this is something that's come about in the last five to 10 years. Wrong. Um, Mindfulness has been studied uh, in (laughs) academic journals and professional Mm -hmm. papers for at least 35 years. Uh, It really started in the healthcare field. It kind of then moved its way to the mental health field. And then most recently, there's been more work done in the field of education and doing mindfulness in schools with students. Um, But just generally speaking, being more mindful, building that mindfulness skill, uh, especially as we think about our financial wellness, um, you know, it can help us have greater appreciation for life. It can help our focus and attention. Uh, It can help us handle those emotions. And it can even help us combat multitasking which that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> for a whole nother po- podcast someday. Um, so we know that there's, mm-hmm. there's so many demonstrated benefits of mindfulness. Um, and then we like to focus on, okay, this is all great. I'm on board. Sign me up to be more mindful. What exactly do I do? Right. How and, do you do it? And how, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Teach me. What, what do mm-hmm. I need to do? The thing that I always tell people is it is such an individual path. So what you might find with mindfulness is as you try on practices, you might find "Mm, this doesn't really work for me. Or you Mm -hmm. might think, wow, this is the best thing ever. So so really, it is about trial and error. But I also want to encourage people, you're probably already practicing some mindfulness without really even knowing it. So my favorite question to ask people is, what do you do when you see a sunrise or a sunset? What do you do? I always smile 
or yeah. I hear my family. It's like, oh, do you see outside? Look at the sky. Right. And I always think, so I grew up in Jamaica. And so, you know, lots of times if I'm by the beach and you, and you see like the sunset, it's just so magical. It looks so mystical. It's almost like time and space are suspended, right? Mm -hmm. We are in that moment. So if you've ever stopped to gaze at a pretty sunrise or, or sunset, you've done mindfulness. Congratulations. Round of applause. <laughs> but, you know, we, we do have these practices that we just do naturally, but we don't really call it mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So I really like to think of, of mindfulness techniques kind of in one of two ways. So we have our very formal, almost scripted techniques, you know, do this, follow these mm -hmm. steps, um, kind of like, you know, an exercise type practice. But then we kind of have this informal, nat like naturally occurring episodes of mindfulness that occur throughout our day. Mm -hmm. The key to the naturally occurring uh, mindfulness is to be open to it, right? You have to be aware. You have to be tuned in. You can't be lost or distracted by your thoughts or by right. technology, right? Because mm -hmm. you're going to miss those moments. So, you know, there are several different ways to practice mindfulness. And because mindfulness is really about being focused on the present, it can be applied to just about anything we do in life. I always like to start people um, with breath. That's really where it's the foundation of mindfulness, quite honestly. And when we think about our, especially our financial decisions, mm -hmm. many of the decisions that we are that we make are reactive and they're emotionally driven, okay? Mm -hmm. And if we use our breath to kind of be our anchor in the moment, we can buy ourselves that time and mm -hmm. space to respond rather than react. So there's many different, you know, scripts and classes and videos and resources out there to help you do that. There's even apps you can put on your phone, mm -hmm. but it can be something as simple as sitting in an upright position, feet firmly planted on the floor, taking a few deep breaths in through our nose, mm -hmm. out through our mouth, noticing where we feel that breath in our body taking those breaths three to five times and then going about our business, right? right? We're already in a more mindful state, okay? It's a really powerful tool. And, and I've tried it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I tried it several times. So the first few times, it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then I was uh, listening to this um, other podcast and they were focusing, of course, on mindfulness. And, you know, it, the presenter was saying, like, make your breath, like when you're exhaling, kind of exhale a little bit longer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that worked. Mm -hmm. And then my, I have my watch set up for those check-ins to say, okay, we need to take a minute right now and do like those breathers. Yeah. And so for me, it was like a, a shift in perspective and how I think about, you know, focusing on the now. And so those have helped me a little, I am nowhere near where I would love to be, but it, sure. it is, uh, it's like, I feel like it's a start for me um, and learning how to do that to help, you know, calm myself just a little bit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the idea is again, to, to take our mind off of whatever that stressor is to focus it on something else. So then we can come back to the issue with a clearer thought. And oftentimes mm -hmm. I think people with breathing, like, again, they just expect it to automatically click and work. Mm -hmm. So I love that you shared mm -hmm. um, your experience because I will tell you, even as a mindful schools educator and someone who's done a lot of work in this area, breathing doesn't always do the trick for me. And sometimes I actually find it like, oh my gosh, my mind is racing even more now because now it's thinking about what are you going to do for lunch? And when are you going to make that phone call? <laughs> and the key when we're taking those deep breaths is to let those thoughts come in and not react to them, mm -hmm. not respond to them, let them float in like they're a cloud and let them pass right on by you, okay? And if you find yourself getting caught up in that thought, just return back to your breath. Just say, mm -hmm. okay, yep, that thought, there it is. I'm gonna focus on that breath in. And mm -hmm. I like to also tell people, I, I find it uh, structured breathing is really helpful as well. So like breathing into a count of four, even holding it for a count of four and then exhaling to a count of four, five, or six, like you just said. That. Yeah, yes. like straight, stretching it out a little bit um, can be a really useful tool. Again, nobody even has to know that you're doing it. You can use this anytime, anywhere, 
Um, it, it can be completely invisible to anyone. They, no one knows that you're doing this, this little breathing practice. Mm-hmm. When we think about mindfulness too, you know, we often expect instant results and do we ever get instant results (laughs) with any sort of exercise? No, (laughs) it takes time to build that skill and build that, that essentially muscle, you know, that, that neural pathway is really what it is for that shift in mindset. So it does take time and practice. Uh, Another way that I, I personally love to practice mindfulness is through mindful listening. I have found that this is probably my preferred way Mm -hmm. um, because I don't necessarily have to focus on my breathing I can just sit quietly. I can close my eyes. You don't have to close your eyes if you're not comfortable doing that. And just for a a minute or so, however long I feel I need, I just sit quietly and I kind of absorb or listen to or notice all of the sounds that are in my environment. Because sound is something that we often don't think about. We pay no attention to. Right. Mm-hmm. You probably have sounds right now. I do. You- I'm hearing some background noise. There's a, a tree right outside my window. And these birds, yeah. they love to sing early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think they're annoying, but I think I might have to change the way I'm thinking about that. Right. Yeah. And and a lot of times we just disregard those sounds because we're lost in other thoughts. So mm-hmm. a really easy way to build that mindfulness muscle is to start tuning into the, the sounds around you, sitting quietly for a moment, paying attention. My favorite way to do it though, I love to listen to me some music. Mm-hmm. Music is always good, right? Yes. It's generally emotionally driven. It connects with my emotions. Well, a super easy way to practice mindful listening is the next time you're listening to a song, try to pick out one instrument that you're going to listen to and try to notice it, that instrument only in the song. It works really good with percussion instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so drums, um, sometimes I'll hear a tambourine and I'll pay very close attention yes. when I hear that tambourine in the song. Again, we're just building that mindfulness skill, mm-hmm. but we can apply mindfulness, the techniques, even through walking mindfully, mindful eating, even applying mindfulness, being attentive and present in the moment to the chores that we do around the house or the time that we spend with family or, you know, when we're watching a television show, really just taking a moment to tune in to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Wow. A lot there, I I know. I know. I just like, (laughs) this is, this is great. I think about, you know, when um, my mother-in-law's dog is here and when you, you take her for a walk, like she's sniffing the roses, she's taking her time, you know, <laughs> just like, hmm, what if I put myself there? Um, like, you know, on that walk with just like being a little bit more present in that walk and not just feel like I need to burn some calories today. Right. Um, so just like being in that moment, you know, from all that you've described, all that wonderful wealth of information, you know, I'm hearing things like, you know, tr- practicing building like a healthy habit when it comes to um, staying present and staying focused in like the moment. So it, it, it is something that, just like you said, just not a one and off and done. It, it, it is a continuous process to build it over time. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just makes me think of more money things. You know, I love to talk about money, Carla. I love it. Let's talk money. <laughs> so it makes me think about how we teach um, saving behaviors. So for mm-hmm. us, when we talk to people, you hear everybody says, yes, I know I need to save. I know I need to build an emergency savings. I know I need to save for retirement, invest for retirement. I love my kids. I want to help them, you know, through school. And I don't want them to struggle maybe as much as I did. So we hear those things. We hear those positive things that people want to do in terms of like savings, but it is hard to build a consistent, healthy savings behavior. When we teach on that, it's more of like, how do you continue to practice? How do you learn from like the arrows and how, how do you learn from others? So, you know, continue to build the practice. So that's kind of what I'm hearing too, from like this mindfulness piece and how you can incorporate those techniques into your lives. Yes. It's all linked, you know, any skill that you want to develop, Mm -hmm. it takes time and it takes practice and it takes application, but the end result is so worth it because then what happens is it just becomes a part of naturally of who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have to work less at it. And it just becomes like this thing that you do, you know, you just automatically put that money away in savings or you automatically, you know, think, Oh, I'm going to, um, you know, manage my finances this way. It, It just becomes this 
natural state that you see and a natural perspective that you start seeing the world in. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't mean it's completely foolproof. Mm -hmm. I even have times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I did not react mindfully at all. Um, So there's always work to be done, but it's definitely a start in that foundation to be more Mm -hmm. mindful across the board. Yeah. And Carla has written a lot of great um, articles on mindfulness. So I'm going to promote her her team blog a little bit. Um, So, you know, on our University of Illinois Extension website, you can find some of Carla's article on family files. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has written some really great ones. I read through them. And in one of her articles, she described one of the techniques techniques that's called 531. Do you mind telling mm-hmm. us a little bit about that? Sure. This is probably the best place for people to start with building that mindfulness skill. Because many people have the question, this, is, this sounds great. I'm too busy. I don't mm-hmm. have time to start. I don't know where to start. This is a very relaxed approach to being more mindful in your daily life. And all you have to do is remember 531. So the five stands for five minutes of breathing. Every single day, take five minutes, set aside five minutes to breathe or meditate. That sounds like some big formal practice, but really when we break it down Mm -hmm. and we look at it very simply, it just means taking time to sit quietly and notice. Now, if you're not one who is comfortable noticing your breath, Notice anything around you. Notice um, how your body feels in the chair that you're in. Notice the sounds that are around you Mm -hmm. that we just talked about. Just notice. And and again, when we do that, we are training our brain to pay more attention. All right. And that's that first step of becoming more mindful. And you know, again, if don't you don't need to be overly concerned with five exact minutes. You know, we don't want to add more stress saying (laughs) I have to do this right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody's getting a report card on how to meditate or it's not a pass fail (laughs) class. So no worries there. Mm -hmm. Um, Because some people, five minutes is an eternity, right? So even though the suggestion is five minutes, aim for that, make that a goal. If you make it two minutes, give yourself grace and move on. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Self-compassion and gratitude are hugely parts of mindfulness as well. Treating ourselves with kindness is another very big part of, of proceeding uh, mindfully in our daily lives. So really try to aim for that five minutes, essentially of quiet time, whether it's breathing, noticing, becoming aware or tuned into the moment. When I think about, you know, when we make money mistakes in our past, um, a lot of times we get really hard on ourselves. So whether it is um, a a mistake associated with like certain decisions we made about, you know, using credit or we grew up in different environments that, you know, the folks, the adults in our lives made some very questionable decision about money and those things that have stuck with you. And sometimes we can be very, very hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So you might make um, some errors in your 20s and you're now like in your 40s and you're looking back and you're like, what did I do? Why did I do that? So I love this, you know, giving yourself grace, the compassionate piece, trying to be less judgmental and how that can help with like moving forward because we can look at the past, but, you know, not, not dwelling on like those challenges that we have or those mistakes that we have that's keeping us from making good money decisions right now. Right. And, and, you know, when we, even when we think about this five minutes of quiet time, there are actually self-compassion meditations where we think about you know, sending compassion to ourselves or to others, right? For those difficult situations we might've experienced. And, you know, there's again, lots of resources out there that you could, you know, Google and find, you know, a script to help you through that. But it just doesn't have to be um, just sitting quietly and breathing. It can be, you know, working through some of those things that can be really beneficial. Mm-hmm. So, and I love that you just segue perfectly into number three. Okay. So, so the five is five minutes of breathing. Three stands for three good things. So every single day, whether it's in the morning or the evening or whenever you need it, just identify three good things. It can be the big things. It can be the small things. Uh, a lot of people might uh, refer to this as like making a gratitude list. That's mm-hmm. a very, very similar concept. Um, I would really like to encourage people to just develop this continual habit of noticing 
things that you're grateful for. Okay. And even in the worst of times, the most difficult situations, you know, you can find a seed, a nugget, a kernel of gratitude somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's the sun is shining today. Maybe it's, you know, a stranger smiled at you as you passed them, or you got that phone call from a long lost friend or, you know, you wore your favorite pair of pants and they fit perfectly, whatever the case may be, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, identifying where we can be grateful, a huge part of mindfulness. And it goes back to that self-compassion. And when we do that, that have that self-compassion and cultivating that gratitude, it really does help us live in the moment. Again, it turns our brains away from all of the bad, all of the Mm -hmm. negative, all of the stress around to what can I be grateful for in this moment? Mm-hmm. No, I was thinking about part of my, in my, my team, like in my unit, uh, we just did kind of like a challenge. And so everybody got like a little one minute gratitude journal, because we've been focusing on some of the dimensions of wellness as well, mm-hmm. too. So including um, like the financial wellness piece, but also just reflecting on small things daily. Um, and, you know, if you have others in your lives or in your household, rope them in, bring them in as well too. So doing kind of like, you know, what am I grateful for today? You know, kind of what like your day was. So kind of staying present in the moment as well, but also focusing, of course, on those things that it could be small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it could be a, as small as a small victory or, or something um, a lot bigger, like winning an award or something like that, sure. you know, just being I'm grateful for that. So, so thank you for sharing that. And the key is noticing it, right? Because a mm-hmm. lot of times these things pass us by kind of like that sunset, you know, if we don't take the time to notice it, we miss out on those opportunities to have self-compassion and be grateful. And then that number one stands for one act of kindness. This is probably my favorite out of all three, um, because who doesn't love more kindness? So the goal would be to aim to extend at least one act of kindness every day. Again, this goes back to showing compassion, not only to ourselves, but to others. And it's an important part of developing that mindfulness mm-hmm. skill, right? can be grand grand acts or even just simple little gestures. We know that we, when we extend ourselves to others, it is good for our heart. So when I think about like 531 in terms of financial matters, you know, I can really see it being a helpful skill. You know, if we have to make a difficult financial decision, or if we know that we're having a budgeting conversation coming up with our partner, you know, who really, those could be really tense conversations sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe 531 is a skill that we can implement prior to um, our conversation. So we can go into that conversation in a good place, right? Or maybe we can take a time out if things get really heated when we're discussing finances to do a five, a three, or even a one to kind of hit the reset button so we can, again, respond rather than react in those conversations. And I love that because for our listeners, (laughs) um, we have covered a lot of things on money and relationships. and And I think this is like a great strategy too, as we incorporate on that mindfulness piece. Now I have like just a last question for Carla because she's Carla because she's been in such a wonderful job with like oh. um, walking us through this as well too. And we've been talking about it in and out um, throughout the entire conversation about how would we apply it to financial education. But is there anything else you would like to add about, you know, how would we, you know, apply some of these practices, strategies, techniques that you've discussed more to like financial education, if you have anything else to add besides what we've already covered? Right. So, and I think we, you covered it really well, Kamaya, when we talked about, you know, what we value and kind of identifying who we are with money, because mindfulness is the act of paying attention at its foundation, it applies to financial education and financial literacy, and that we can gain that very important insight into our own personal financial behaviors. Now, I don't want to, I, I would be remiss if I didn't share. I mean, sometimes this requires us to get a little bit uncomfortable, right? We have to yes. think about things. Hard conversations sometimes. Yes, right? <laughs> but we should also be empowered that we can get through it. And we can mm-hmm. use some of these techniques and skills to come from a place of calm and peace and clarity rather than just being driven by our emotions or mm-hmm. however money was modeled for us in our past. Um, we can let that go and we can make a yes. new way for how we are going to manage our own finances in the future. 
So it gives us that opportunity to have that insight, clarity, and that place of calm when we think about proceeding uh, mm-hmm. in our financial matters. Um, and, you know, I also sometimes think, you know, our financial habits can be much like that autopilot I talked about way at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Some of those habits are just routine. They're things that we fall into, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're spending, you know, money every day on eating out, for lunch, you know, it's just a routine. It's just a habit. And maybe we justify it emotionally by saying, I'm having such a hard day at work. Right. You know, I need that, you know, fast food meal, or I have to get a tea every single day. I'm not a coffee drinker. I have to drink a tea. <laughs> I'm a tea drinker too. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many times where I'm like, I really don't need a tea today. And granted, mm-hmm. it's only a dollar, but you know, it all adds up. It does add up. But it's just one of those routines that I just go through autopilot. It's almost like my car automatically knows to stop at the place where I get my tea every single day. But as we work to become more mindful with our finances, we can focus our energy on making those changes that are within our control Mm -hmm. because I can control whether or not I get a tea every day if I be mindful with it. And it can also help us react more positively to situations that are out of our control. Can't always control when my car is going to break down or when I need a new water Mm -hmm. heater or when there's an unexpected medical bill, but I can control how I respond and react to it. And that alone makes mindfulness really a superpower that is accessible to all like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just have to take the time and the energy and the focus to practice it and build that skill. So then it can be easily accessible at any time in our life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like you could just be teaching along with me on these personal finance classes because she has some great examples. I love it. Let's do it. (laughs) She has some great examples of how you can, you know, add this to like just like daily routine and think about like the daily money routines that you have. So what a wonderful, what a wonderful addition. You know, just to kind of like summarize, we've been having like this great conversation about like mindfulness and and managing stress and incorporating it into like financial literacy and just understanding kind of like the role that mindfulness can play in managing like financial stress. And of course, we know that money can be a source of stress in lots of different situations and mindfulness serves as a tool that can definitely help us deal with that stress effectively. And we talked about you know, just like regular stress versus like chronic stress. And Carla has given us some wonderful examples of techniques that we can use in our daily lives to build like a good, healthy habit when it comes to like mindfulness. Um, So considering how, you know, being more aware and how that can help us to be honest with ourselves and to stay present with ourselves and to not um, judge ourselves too harshly and to give ourselves grace and compassion, Mm -hmm. as as Carla said. Um, But I also know that for for some folks, they focus sometimes on like mindfulness meditation. You want to tell us Mm -hmm. just a little bit about that? Yeah. So people sometimes have kind of a funny reaction to meditation. You know, Mm -hmm. we might be stuck in the mindset that you have to sit a certain way or you have to have certain music on or, you know, you have to be in a certain position or you have to be this uber good mindfulness meditator. None of that is true, right? (laughs) When we think about doing a mindfulness meditation, really, it is about just checking in with ourselves. It can be a very helpful tool to prevent us from going in those emotional tailspins when dealing with our finances. So if we're checking our account balances or if we're opening bills, things like that. When we think about mindfulness meditation, oftentimes there are, they're led in by video or scripts or some sort of audio. If you're interested, there's tons of resources out there that you can use for free. Um, there's also apps uh, out there, uh, many great ones as well that um, have free content also that can help you get into the practice of mindful meditation because it is you know, about quieting yourself, quieting your mind, focusing on your breathing and spending some time doing that. Um, I always warn people though, don't Google mindfulness meditation because you will get meditations that are like two and three hours long. And that could be a barrier, right? Mm -hmm, For someone mm -hmm. new, newly practicing this, you might think, Mm -hmm. oh, to be any good at this, I have to do this for two to three hours. I've been working with mindfulness for at least four years. My limit is about eight minutes. That's about as long as I can meditate. 
And that's fine. That works for me. You might find for you, Kamaya, maybe two minutes is your Mm -hmm. max. Um, Some people out there might think, oh, four or five minutes is my, my happy spot. Do whatever works for you. But the key is to find that practice that works. And it might mean a lot of trial and error. And you might find some days I can sit quietly and focusing, focus on my breathing for much longer today. Maybe you needed it more that day. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a day where a minute is all you need a minute to win it. Right. Yeah. So there is no right or wrong and mindfulness meditation might not even be your thing. So the key is to try it on, see if it helps and really consider the use of those apps, videos, or other tools to help you get started. All right. Thank you so much, Carla. And I know with like for today with, you know, just like big takeaways that I want people to consider, you know, just thinking about like stress being a part of our everyday lives, but knowing that with like chronic stress, ongoing stress, you know, that can affect the way that we do manage money. But mm-hmm. mindfulness offers us some amazing strategies to, to help us understand and manage what we're feeling. So it helps us become more aware of our financial situation and provide just value to help us cope um, with what we're going through. And the re- some of the resources that Carla shared, uh, as well as, you know, other things that you can find online, just to understand that you, there are tools and new techniques that you can use in different aspects of your life. So if it means being patient with an elderly parent or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or school-age kids. Child, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Or, you know, just different things that's going with our friendships sometimes with, with, with the way we handle like money on a day, day-to-day basis, just um, making sure that we are considering how these techniques can be beneficial to us. You know, we love this topic and mm-hmm. I know there's so much more room to grow in financial education when it comes to how we, we we think about mindfulness and how we use like mindfulness practices in money management. And so I am here for it. I'm ready for it. And Thanks. so I'm so glad that we got <laughs> to do this, this podcast today because um, this has provided like some valuable information and resource for, for me and the team as well too, as we think about more how we, we deliver financial education. So Carla, I want to thank you so much again. Do you have anything else to add before we sign off? Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is super fun. And I would encourage all your listeners, you mentioned some great resources, that Family Files blog. We do have other uh, colleagues, other colleagues in family life and extension uh, that have written about mindfulness. So you can hear a different voice, a different perspective on some tips and tools that you could use. Um, So yeah, I would encourage you all to definitely go check that out. And I just love ending by by just saying, uh, you know, it's truly been my pleasure to share this all with you. I believe it is so transformative and empowering. And I would certainly encourage all of you to give it a try and see what you can do with mindfulness. And just to close out, you know, I just I wish you nothing but wellness. And I hope that you be mindful. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Carla. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.